Everyone, welcome back to the Make Others Successful podcast, where we aim to make you successful in your workplace and in turn, make others successful on and on and on down the road. Today, we have both Matt and Mike here. And what are we talking about today? We're talking about the set it and forget it mentality that we've seen a lot of places take when it uh, comes to modern workplace, intranets, technology in general, a lot of times. Okay. So the idea that a lot of times if people invest in some sort of solution, it's like, okay, great. We have that taken care of. And, and we don't need to look at it again. Yeah. And that's maybe not that that easy. So where do we want to start? Do we want to start with what are some common areas that we've seen this happen historically? So I think in our last podcast, we talk, we were talking about intranets, right? And I think that's a thing we've seen historically over years and years of working with organizations to help them stand up an intranet. It's always kind of been looked at as maybe an, an IT cost or expenditure, and uh, they get a farm or a server set up, and they do a few things, and it's there, right? So then what happens? And so they kind of set it, and then if they haven't assigned any responsibility for it, they forget it. Yeah, and, and if you don't know what an intranet is, like Mike said, our entire last episode was all about what is an intranet, kind of uh, interchanges with an employee portal. So go there if you want to learn more about what an intranet is. But you're right, that's a, a big area where we've seen this. I think what you just said about installing servers is where a lot of this comes from a technology perspective. So people bought... Windows 98, and they installed it, and it worked. And as long as it did everything you wanted it to do, it was like, just why would I ever upgrade, right? As long as my computer still run it, and I don't have any reason to change it, why would I ever change it, right? If it's not broke. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? There's several problems with that, like, not necessarily problems, but there's several landscape changes that have happened. That works when I deal with my stuff. Now I buy something in the cloud, that is going to change and I don't have any control over it, Mm -hmm. right? There is going to be modifications to how that works and I'm not in control of it. In addition, the way people are interacting with technology is very different today than it was previously in most jobs. Some jobs that's very similar, right? Like there are still places that, you know, you sit on Windows XP, Windows 9, something you could probably still just keep, keep rolling along, right? Like, it doesn't touch anything. It doesn't do anything. I'm thinking primarily like the manufacturing uh, space, right? Like CNC. Like if I have an automation uh, 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 thing that's been running the same, building the same uh, line or working on the same line for 40 years and it's still working, maybe you don't well, need to change it. And but the, that's not the, most people. And well, the primary objective in that scenario is truly set it and forget it. Yeah, because right? they, they want to just keep right. churning out that stuff. And in the modern workplace now, uh, where we talk about business process automation and things like that, like that is a core principle or tenet of that whole thing of doing those things so that you can create something and kind of forget it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's it's not that it doesn't exist or that it's still not a desire, but what I've just heard from you is, one, the landscape has changed, technology is different, we're no longer installing something in a closet and walking away for five years until the next yep. upgrade. Um, and so because changes are being pushed on us, we have to be able to... Accommodate, adapt adapt to them, right? And then the other thing is you may create something that has value in your business, right, that was born out of some sort of IT budget, like standing up an intranet. But if you just say, well, it's installed, it's up and running, right, and you don't maintain the content, for example, and you don't keep it fresh, right, 
you're really not going to get value out of that except for maybe the first couple months. So what you just talked about, about that other piece, the way I like to think about it is when you're talking about software that is interacting with people and people, and it's integrated with the people's work, right? Mm. Their mind work, not their hands work, not the, I press a button and it does something. The, I am engaged in this thing to learn something, to understand something, to communicate what, what I'm thinking to someone else, right? Uh, that's going to evolve over time, number one. Number two, when I'm looking for content, that content needs to be current, needs to be accurate, and it changes all the time, mm-hmm. right? And so like an intranet, the other piece of what you talked about in your example about an intranet is if I spend, you know, let's say I spend $100,000 with someone and we're going to go implement the best internet intranet ever, we go implement it, that's great. Like you said, two weeks from that, if nobody's doing anything with it, it's irrelevant, Right. Like if I got done with that, but the leaders at the organization haven't changed their behavior to create the next news announcement and put it on the intranet, it's not going to work, right? Yeah. And when they come up with a brand new logo for the organization um, or a new brand, uh, internal branding for like maybe some sort of communication that they're doing, if they don't take the time to go update the intranet to match that and to, to um, promote that, like you lost a lot of the value that you spent money to try to get. And the internet is only one example. Yeah. I could do the same thing with Teams, SharePoint. Yeah, it just, it, it just occurred to me that so much of this is tied together with a lot of the methodology we use to help organizations adopt these things like Teams, for example. There's a lot of people that in the last couple of years were like, oh, Teams, it's hot. It's the new thing. Our organization needs Teams. A leader may have heard about Teams and said, we should use Teams. That right. other company's using it. Let's use Teams. What does that really mean for your organization, right? If you just have somebody come in and turn it on and right. you start using it, you, like you really need to be evaluating, are you getting value out of that? Are your people using it effectively? What's it doing for you, right? And that the, is 180 degrees the opposite of forget it. Right. So the other piece to that that you just said is that if I am simply trying to learn how to make it so I can press a button and a thing happens and a widget comes out, physical or otherwise, right? Like I'm just trying to automate this thing. It is pretty defined, right? People's use of technology in their day-to-day life for communication and collaboration is a spectrum and it changes all the time. Once you learn how to do something well, you need to learn the next thing, right? Or you will learn the next thing, right? And you weren't ready to learn that next thing Till you learn the first thing, right? And so as an organization, you have people who might be brand new to the organization who don't have any of that knowledge, all the way to people who have a lot of knowledge and you know know a lot about it. You need to be constantly working to progress everybody's knowledge about all of these things all the time, right? Um, and the reason that's really important is because if you don't, you will end up in the case where a year later, nobody's using the technology that you tried to implement. Or the, or the has, onboarding material that you created to help someone learn how to use the thing different. that you built yep. that has now changed. You Like all of that stuff, it's it changing all of the time. All yeah. the time. Now, I also want to be clear about this too. That doesn't mean that you should spend $100,000 a year on a, somebody to be doing your intranet. That's not what it means. And in fact, our recommendation about a lot of that stuff is not to, you know, you want to bring in outside expertise to set up the framework and set up the the base, right? But the a lot of the work, it happens after that. 
And it, the most effective way to do that is to have internal teams manage and maintain and make that happen, right? right? Yep. Um, because they're going to understand the context of the to the business and the context to the people. They're going to know who it is we're talking about. They're going to know the person that is, they're going to have a challenge with it because they were on sabbatical for a month mm -hmm. out of the thing. They you know, have a, 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 an internal project that is taking them away and they don't have time to learn some of these things. So we need to spend more time with them or we need to take this group and focus on them because the business needs them to grow or needs them to, you know, solve this problem, right? They're going to have that knowledge. That's where they need to be. But you need to have, you need to build support and see the value in that work. Yep. Um, and, and all of those things you just talked about are things that should be included in your calculation of total cost of ownership. 100%. It's beyond just, did you stand this server up or did you configure this for me, right? Yep. It's what involvement is my team going to have in the care and feeding and making sure that this thing continues to provide value for the organization. And you should be doing those calculations very early before you put pen to paper, in my opinion, so that you can make a judgment call as to whether or not it's going to actually result in real value for your organization that's worth the squeeze, right? So yes, and that is not an easy calculation to do. We did another podcast and Microsoft does a lot of talking about this, about the champion model. That is one way to accomplish what we're talking about, right? Yep. Um, the champion model is a model that tries to promote internal knowledge sharing and internal focus on using technology to make things more efficient and do your job better. There, I think there's a lot of other models that can accomplish the same kind of thing. A lot of it is about feedback and um, you know, trying to keep that that churn going to try to keep this improvement, improvement, improvement. But it's hard to calculate what that's going to be. In from my perspective, the most important thing is just the the mindset shift, the the cultural shift to say this is important. It is okay for for someone to spend some time helping someone else figure this stuff out. Um, it is important for people to understand it. A lot of people will boil it down to training. So that like the people who might be listening right now, they might be thinking, we do that. We do train. We offer training all the time, right? Training isn't all of what it is. That's one component, right? How do you know that you're training on stuff that's valuable to your users? What about ass assigning ownership? Yes. Right? Like yeah. who owns who owns the things that we're, we're trying right. to do, right? Yeah. Who who is watching what's coming out from these technology vendors uh, across the board, not just Microsoft, all of them, about the next feature that's now going to break the user experience that works for you, right? Like, you were using this tool, you love this tool, it works for everything you need, but guess what? Next release, they just changed it, so none of it works. Boy, would, wouldn't it be nice to know that two months before it actually rolls out and your business is now broken. Yeah, you don't have to be surprised. Yeah. Part of what comes to mind when I hear a lot of this is uh, we have interacted with lots of clients over the years and almost every time that we interact with someone who owns something or we're training or something like that, it's like their small sliver of their job. Yep. Right. Can, can you speak to that at all? Like, like what, where do you need to be before it's someone's like full-time job or should it always be someone's part-time job or like, how should someone be conceptualizing this? So again, I think that's a really tough thing to answer absolutely across the board for everybody. You know, a large organization, you're going to have people. Like you're, the, the hard part in a large organization is getting enough of the right people with the right skill set. Mm -hmm. Because 
at the larger organization level, a lot of it people are going to think this is an IT problem, um, and they're going to forget about the end user and the the change management and all of those other things. And so it's important to have multiple people with multiple roles and have them covered. At the smaller level organization, you really just need to identify what's really critical and what your path is, right? Like the reality is we say it's not set it and forget it. And that's true. That's very true. But at, especially at a smaller organization, the chances are you're going to get over the course of two, three years at a point where it's good enough, right? Like, yeah. So there's another end of it, which is it is good enough eventually. Yeah. Right? Like, or at least portions of it is like you're not changing your values every year, or like the different things that could live uh, on those on things. Intranet, an, let's right. talk about an intranet. If once, let's say we roll out an intranet and you start out with news and, you know, mission and goals and HR forms, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, you really want to add policies and procedures and a community component and, you know, some other things. So maybe you're working on that for the, for the next year or two years to get to a level where you're like, we're really, this is a solid intranet. It's really got everything we want. At that moment, it is more like set it and forget it uh, in that really what you're doing is making sure you're putting out news news content, making sure you're like you're you have some maintenance things, but you're not right. doing anything major. Yeah. Right. I've I've used the the car maintenance illustration before, mm -hmm. right? You need to take it for oil changes. Yep. You need to keep it clean, you know, uh, make sure if you get any dents in the windshield or cracks in the windshield, you take care of it. Yep. But then sometimes you need new tires. Yes. Or sometimes there's bigger things that come along your transmission is going out. And like that is kind of similar to how this whole process works. Very right? much so, right? And the and the making sure you're entering in the entering news articles, updating like with the latest stuff for the for the new year or the new you know, all of those types of things. That's like the maintenance that you're doing all the time. And that is the that's gonna always be there forever. The adding new modules, adding new components for a particular piece, like you were talking, you know, that's gonna happen initially it's going to happen a lot because you're going to want to get to a point where you have a, a, a lot of these things solved. But then once that's done, you're going to want to work on collaboration, right? An intranet is not collaboration. Yeah. So how do we collaborate and how do we improve that, right? Um, and then the same thing will happen with that. So let's say you start doing collaboration and you're like, we now understand how chat works and how you know individual file storage works. Awesome. That's really great. But what about team collaboration? What about external collaboration? Yeah, you're starting to get into the the macro, right? The modern workplace macro level where the reality is uh, you may get a good distance along the journey, right? And accomplish a number of those things. And then next thing you know, there's a new feature, Viva, for example, that rolls out. Yeah. How do we use that? Yeah. Right? Or something like Power Pages, yeah. right? If you're in the, in the business What does that world. mean to me? How does it work? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's... And it, Let's, I want to review that. So there's really a couple different facets. One is if you're looking at rolling out a particular component of what we would consider the modern workplace, so an intranet or communication collaboration or file share, modern file sharing, you know, that's not set it and forget it, forget it in its own right because it's like once you're done, number one, we always recommend incremental rollouts because it's having a one-year-long project to roll out an intranet doesn't make it like it's it'll be out of date when you launch it right Plug so there's the going to be int iterative intranets iterative episode, intranet right? episodes, yeah <laughs> so you know in that case it's it, you're going to be keeping doing a little bit more a little bit more until you're you're done quote unquote right 
But even when you're done, you're still going to be doing that maintenance, right? Like it's it's not um, it's not going to be. You do have to have somebody that's going to be continuing to update and and maintain that thing. Um, so that's one end end of it. So that's like I'm implementing one thing. Another thing is like we're trying to modernize our workplace overall. So we're trying to do a couple of these different things, right? Once you're done with one, you're going to be working on the next thing and the next thing. And if you're really trying to modernize your workplace, it's going to be a long journey because by the time that you're done with that, you're likely going to have to rework one of the other ones because there's going to be a major change. And it doesn't, I don't mean that to make it seem like it'll never end, but... It sounds expensive. Uh, so <laughs> if you really want, if you're an organization today, like if you look at our, our modern workplace um, scale and you're on the low end of the scale and you're a medium to large size business, it is going to be expensive and it will be a long time before you're all the way done. You know, it makes it me feel is. like this could be really fun is it r- reminds me of things like World of Warcraft where you're building, building all little, of these little, little things. More, little and it's, more. Yeah. And it's all ultimately related to a mission to like take over the map. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but you got to keep all of these things going. You got to have resources coming in. You have to have... And you have to pay attention to it and you, have, right, and yeah. you have to make the right moves. And sometimes you make mistakes and you lose a horde right? Uh, but other times you're successful. And I, I think, um, to me, if you think of it in terms of that, and if you're at the level where you can be that person who's kind of directing and, and deciding where your pieces need to be played, um, it can be kind of fun. Yeah. So the last thing, I, like I mentioned the two, one is you're focused on one, one is you're focused on overall modern workplace or employee experience is what some people call it. So if you're looking at, at that, those are two things. The last is I have all those things. We're an awesome modern workplace. We're, our, you know, on the scale, we're, we're, we've got everything sorted out. We know what we're doing, right? Good for you, number one. Number two, you still need to be watching what's going on. You still need to be watching because what's going to happen is in three years, you won't be modern anymore, number one. And number two, every six months, somebody's going to, like Mike was talking about, somebody's going to release a new component or a new feature, a new whatever that should get incorporated back in. Or security threats change yeah. all the yep. time, right? Which is one of the conveniences of leaving it up to a cloud service that you don't have to manage, right? So that's yep. like one of the down, it's like love, weighing options. I love that. Yeah, but you over, just said, do not have to manage. Right. Over the course <laughs> of the last few years, though, um, we've seen people move from you know, standard, simple authentication to modern modern yeah. authentication, right? And using MFA. And it's a lot of challenges. The authenticator app, right? Yeah. And all of that stuff has changed because of security threats that are you know, ever-changing. I, I want to dive into this last, but Mitch, Mitch raised it, and it, it's related, but, but probably not directly to what we've been talking about, and that is people think that because you've gone to the cloud, I don't need to maintain it. I'm paying them to maintain it. Mm-hmm. You're paying them to maintain the service, right. not maintain your use of the service, your implementation of the service, your instance, right? They're making sure all the all of the web servers are all updated, making sure that, you know, there's no outages, backups are being security taken, security, security like to all some of that degree, stuff, There right? is still security risks. Yeah, so their right. their security is you aren't going to have somebody, we're, we're guaranteeing that it's not, somebody's not going to hack and get your password out of our systems. Right. That doesn't mean that they won't look at your sticky note that's next to your screen with your right. password on it. And be able, like, that's not what they're offering. Or send right? you an email saying, hey, it's or Microsoft you, yeah, here. Click Can this you just, link. Yeah, right? put in your password real quick. Yep. Uh, but but it's like, there is that end of it too, is that people think, like in the set it, forget it. Like that's the part of it, I guess, is, you know, if you're in the mentality, we're buying this cloud service, so I shouldn't have to spend all this money. You would be spending way more to get the level of service that you're getting. Like 
the level of service that you get by getting going to almost any you know enterprise cloud service is way better than you would get at a way better price than you would ever get trying to do the same thing yourself. Sure. Like there's no question. But you still have to do the rest of it because they're not doing everything. I feel like you're making me think along the lines of how everything is becoming a subscription now. Yeah. And I feel like there's there's some good and there's some bad to that. It can it can make it feel like it's kind of a never ending nickling dime. Yeah. Yeah. But but also it's it the onus is on them to keep it updated and keep it running. And you know what though? That subscription model has helped organizations to align their costs to value. Um, and they can more easily make decisions in that moment as opposed to what does this really mean for the next five years, Yeah, right? I think it also changes the mindset a little bit in regards to what we're talking about, that technology does have a monthly cost. Like, it just does. Regard- and I, and I, when I say that, I don't mean that you couldn't buy a server one time and keep it forever, right, for five years, ten years, and then you don't have a monthly cost. The truth of the matter is it's there is still a monthly cost. You just don't see it as obviously, right? There is still a cost on a regular basis for maintenance, for management. I think the I think the biggest things. like when you talk about risk with subscription model, we're probably getting off topic now. But <laughs> um, I think the the perceived risk or discomfort with it is once I've chosen that model, I'm kind of locked into it, right? Once I need that thing, I have to have it. Uh, I can't ever get rid of it. And so then whoever I'm paying that subscription fee to is at liberty to raise the fee. Sure. Right. Yeah. And and that that could be problematic maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We are a little bit off topic, but it's sort of related. It's a whole interesting end of the way technology has shifted over the last 10, yeah. 15 years um, and how that works. And I, like maybe it's a topic for a future podcast because I have thoughts about Microsoft's model, which is very much like package a bunch of stuff together and charge one fee. Um, largely, and then you know alternatives which are highly specialized individual service spaces that you buy, you know separately. Yeah, we have that topic on our backlog. Like, what's a, an honest conversation about bundling of products and yeah. our, our perspective on on that? Yeah, we'll save that for another day. But let's come up for air just for a second. Let's say someone's listening that they are interested in approaching this technology problem at their organization, but they're hearing what we're saying and it sounds expensive, expensive. or like, like it sounds maybe overwhelming or like they might not want to start it because it's not a one-time setup thing. It's a commitment to something longer. What would you say to them? So I would say, first of all, there is a little bit of hyperbole going on in our conversation, right? People more often than not just make the assumption that it is, I never have to deal with it again Mm -hmm. and they never have the conversation. And so the most important thing, the most important thing here that anybody listening should take away is that you should be thinking about this. Lots of organizations are using their internal technology teams, um, people they already have to accomplish a lot of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to cost a, cr- a crazy amount of money, but you need to be thinking about it and doing something about it, right? The, other, th- the other thing I'll say is if you're already, if you started down the road of Office 365 and you have licensed users, chances are you have a lot of things today that need care and feeding that you're already paying for. Yeah. And it's not going to cost you more for those things, you just need to actually care and feed them. Sure. Care for Yeah, them. that's 
been one of our kind of angles lately is if you have a subscription that you're paying for and you're not you should get some use out of it using it yeah the the other thing i'll say about it is that um because you you asked like you know wow this is maybe going to cost a lot of money it's it's also recognition of a journey if you want to completely modernize your workplace in a year um and transform it like and you want to implement everything yeah, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Like I don't it doesn't matter pretty much matter what size company you are, it's going to be very expensive because you're not talking about just adding a bunch of technology cuz quite frankly, technology doesn't fix that problem. Yeah. People fix that problem. And you need to use the technology with the people to fix the problem, right? And that's not a cheap thing. If you're looking to just I want an intranet, it's not that big of a deal. Like yes, you have to do more stuff afterwards. Yes, you need to be thinking about it, but it's not earth shattering. It's not, you, you talked about the, you know, how much of a piece of a person's thing. Maintaining an intranet is not a full-time job for a 200 person organization. Right. Um, you know, it's might be half their job, right? How, but if you can't find half a person that can do this stuff, you have a completely different problem in your organization. You don't have anybody that cares enough about corporate communication and effective um, uh, dissemination of information. Like that is a cultural problem and you had the problem before, and the technology didn't cause it. Yeah. I think what you're reminding me of is a conversation we were, I think, having earlier today, which was aligning it to your business goals. If you have a goal where you want to double your size in the next year, and you're not using technology well, it may play a large role in facilitating Being doubling able to that do size. It. Yeah, 100%. So, like, yeah, it might cost a lot, but, like, if, the value is there. Yeah, if you can like look at that and say, "Oh my gosh, I see that's going to cut down my time by thirty percent or something yeah. like that." Like the payoff is yeah. is easily there. So in the in, in this, uh, well, let's take two other scenarios. So let's say you don't really have a growth goal for, to like increase the number of people, but you really want to uh, provide more efficiencies and like you've already done a lot of growth, but it was maybe a little bit unsustainable because you're just it's your go 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 just make this stuff happen. Uh, in that model, same kind of thing, right? Like implementing these things can really have an impact on the sustainability of your organization. If you're an organization that is relatively like static, don't have any desi des desires to improve or like to change um, size or change the have a business goal that is like anything growth related, and you're just trying to keep looking to what you're doing, I don't, I don't know that an intranet or even a modern workplace is super like valuable to you. Well, let's let's take us for an example. We're small. Yep. We're not like ramping on this huge major growth pattern like we don't we're not going to triple in size or whatever in a year necessarily, but I mean it'd be great. <laughs> it'd be great, but that comes along with different problems. It's I mean, you say that, but you say all of those things, but two people to an organization our size is 10 20%? Yeah. Right? right. Like it matters. Right. But I'm saying it's not like we're reinventing things every day. Correct. We, we built our own internal intranet, uh, which we actually wrote a blog about because it was kind of like eating our own dog food a little bit where it's like, hey, we need to sort out our, our intranet. And we did that. And now it's like a great tool. And instead of looking at it as like an obligation, we almost look at it as a like opportunity. Like I just went to a conference recently and I thought, wow, it would be great for me to go plug in some details about the conference and share it. And it was literally just a way for me to like 
facilitate doing that. It wasn't me caring for the internet, but it was knowing that that is my tool to use to spread to the organization. So you're you're getting at why a lot of people call what we do uh, employee experience focused. Yeah. Uh, and that is regardless of whether or not you're growing, not growing, like what you're trying to do, using technology within your organization effectively and an intranet and communication collaboration can have a huge impact on the health and well-being, the feelings of your employees. And I would recommend that every organization should have this stuff. Like, you know that. Like, we that's we feel pretty passionate about this. But if you're a number cruncher and you're trying to look for only number solutions to this problem, if you're not an organization that is planning on growing or changing or doing something, you probably don't have a lot of communication that you really need to do. Right. And you might be happy enough with what it is. I wouldn't do it that way. Exactly what you were talking about. Like, we did it ourselves and we weren't growing, like we weren't had didn't have a growth goal at the time, right? Like it wasn't like we we're trying to add four people or anything like that. But we have benefited so much from having it and being able to have it as a place for our team, our small team that sit in one room together lots of times right. to communicate and be able to come back to and reference and you know find all of that information. It's it's been great. Yeah. I feel like we've spent a fair amount of time talking about intranets and communication collaboration stuff. Let's maybe shift over to the the business app side of things. Is there any different perspectives that you see specific to like building apps in an organization that leads to this conversation at all? I'm sure there's probably many. I think one of the things that pops into my mind when I think of, you know, building apps in no-code, low-code platform is you are giving up a lot of control over many of the things that you otherwise would have had in, in the previous world where you're writing code, deploying it to a web server, right? Doing all of those types of things. And in that regard, you're shifting a lot of the responsibility for some of those things, right? Your data availability, let's say, or the guaranteed delivery of messaging and, and stuff like that. You're shifting that onto someone else, right? Yep. In this case, it'd be Microsoft. Um, and so in that way, you could say, well, those pieces are more set it and forget it. Uh, but the reality is you're then in a world where you're receiving pushes and updates and things like that from from the cloud, right? And you have to be able to accommodate those things and those changes. Um, and that stuff is changing rapidly in that world right now because so many more people are using it and they're starting to run up against some shortcomings or limitations of a platform that was in early stages. And so now those things are coming more fast and furious. And so we need to be paying attention to those things yeah. um, a lot more than we than we probably had when we owned the entirety of the solution. Yeah. So, so a good perspective on that is like focusing maybe more on the new feature aspect because that movement is a little bit new. Like when, when we're thinking about what care and feeding looks like, it's, it's maybe more on the side of like, we had to build it one way because of X limitation. And now it's like, how can we keep moving this and making this better with changes that are coming down the pipe. A hundred percent, because there are, there have been limitations that people have run into. They've gotten huge traction on user voice, for example, and Microsoft has actually made those things a priority and then changed them. So where you may have implemented a really ugly workaround before to get something to work, now there's something in place that 
will make it much more elegant, nicer for your users. Uh, and you should go take advantage of that. Get rid of that old rusty thing that you built and, you know, use the, yeah. the new feature. Um, and then in addition to that, there are just like anything that's f relatively new, there are a number of things that you can use to enhance your user experience as they become available. New widgets and uh, artificial intelligence and like receipt scanning and like stuff is going to be coming, right. you know, more and more um, that you can do stuff with to make you know, that user experience better with the apps that you're building for your, for your organization. So the, the two things that I would say about it is uh, using a, power, the, a, a system that is low code, no code, one of the points of the whole thing is that you can make changes on a regular basis, mm -hmm. that it's cheaper and easier for you to update and maintain and manage, right? And number one, if you're not taking advantage of that, you're not taking advantage of one of the benefits of using the, using the low code, no code solution for doing the development, number one. The second is, which kind of goes to the concept of automations and business process and apps that may not be critical to the success of your your business right like in those cases like you you maybe have a citizen developer doing that like you should be like that's the whole point is to have them start to be able to help that in the case that I you built a solution that is um, core to your business is the lifeblood of your business right quite frankly whether or not you're low code no code not low code no code whatever that is, you should be on a regular basis trying to figure out how to improve that um, because you're going to get extra efficiencies, um, number one, based on like what, what Mike was talking about, uh, new features, new components, new ways of doing it, number one. Second is businesses change. Like markets change. How people work change. You know, we've, we've seen this in custom development that we've done. We've seen it in um, custom development on, on low-code, no-code solutions. It's not very different, Right. If it's just something that is helping you do something that's not super important to your business, like a little better, yeah, maybe it doesn't really matter. Don't You don't have to worry about it. Maybe it is a little bit more set it and forget it. If you're talking about the thing that is the way that you make money as a business, you should be constantly trying to make that better as much as you yeah. can, looking for opportunities to make that better. And yeah. a lot of this feeds into the, like the iterative approach that we like to take. Um, mm -hmm. I had a client conversation today where we talked about, should the application do this for you, right? And his response was, oh, that feels like extra complexity and maybe more bugs. So our users will just do that, right? So a manual entry of data versus triggering something to happen automatically. Um, and that's okay. It's really okay. And I think um, if he's doing the right thing, he'll be reevaluating that decision in a couple months after users are doing that manually and saying to themselves, well, I, this is the same thing. I do this the same way every time, all the time. Can we just make this automatically happen when this happens? Right. Right. And so that's a perfect example of that reevaluation, right, that yeah. you're talking about. Um, and, it's, and it's perfectly fine that you start with simple and what you think is enough to make it work, but recognize that you should be looking for those opportunities to make it better. Yep. Is that what you see most often if, client comes to you and they want to build some sort of business process or app or something, is that generally how you approach it? Is like, let's be do it simple and then add complexity? Or like, if someone's listening and saying, I want to I wanna do this thing, how much should they plan to, I'll call it invest in it after it's done? Like, what, mm. what would you say, what's my commitment after I have this thing? So that's a very interesting question. I think it depends on who you talk to. 
because you're asking me, my natural bent when somebody comes to me with a problem that needs to be solved is to solve it to the nines, mm-hmm. right? At least think of it that way in my mind and think mm-hmm. of all of the possibilities that are there and how you I could sure make it do. <laughs> and how I could make the world such a better place, yeah. right? Um, now that has to be kind of, yeah, I have to tamp that back, yeah. right? And I have to first recognize what is the, we've talked about MVP, minimum viable product, right? Yep. What's the minimum thing that we need to make this workable for the scenario? Um, and if you can identify that, um, that gives you a good place to start and establish something that hopefully the customer can use uh, or at least gives them something to ideate on. Yeah. Um, and ultimately it depends on, you know, like when you talk about like scope or how big is that, how much should we really do um, getting to that first thing where somebody can actually put hands on something, touch and feel it and think about how it might actually impact them um, is the first thing that you need to do um, in any of that. And I, I have to imagine after that, it's like all is right in the world. Like all of a sudden it like opens eyes to what this thing could do. And then it leads to the, what we've been having a conversation about, which is like, I want to keep investing in this thing because I see the potential. And so for complex business processes, I imagine that's- It can be scary too, because people, um, we're all creatures of habit generally, right? And once we're doing something and it works, uh, change can be scary, and you don't necessarily like to be forced into a new situation. Um, and so that's part of that conversation, too, is bringing those people along, engaging them in those conversations to say, how do you do things today, right? What would be really bad mm-hmm. for us to do? Um, what wouldn't work? What would work, right? What would you like to see? And have those conversations and engage as much as you can um, so that you can get that first working version as quickly as you can in front of them and get them excited. Yeah. Okay. I feel like um, we've covered a lot of a lot of this topic. Is there any closing thoughts that we might want to share? Any reassurances or inspiration or anything like that with someone who's thinking about modernizing well, their workplace? Yeah. I, my suggestion, I think it fits with how we work with our customers, is um, plan on doing a little bit of research, investigation, discovery, planning, mm-hmm. that type of activity before you embark on configuration, putting pen to paper, building things um, yeah. in an effort to like, yeah, it's going to, you're probably going to spend time and money to do that up front, but you'll spend less time and money on those later pieces. Yeah. I think that goes with our, yeah, discovery first approach, which right. is like, hey, why don't you spend... 10% now instead of committing to 100% and realizing it was the wrong thing. So lowering that level of risk. So the two things I would say is uh, if your organization is currently looking at automating a business process, implementing an intranet, improving communication collaboration, um, and somebody is at all looking at it like, we're going to spend this amount of money to solve this problem. Generally speaking, that is not how that works. You spend that amount of money to get a certain way through that problem, and you're going to continue to spend money over a period of time to actually, either internally or externally, to completely uh, work through that process. Um, And I think that's important for people to understand. I think it's a general uh, mind shift in how, you know, when you buy technology in general or, or when you're incorporating things into 
you know, someone's work or changing the way people work, but people don't always think about it. They oftentimes think about, I'm going to pay these people to migrate my stuff from my files from on-premise to the cloud. Cool, that's $20,000 and that'll be done. No, it will not be done, mm-hmm. Like, right? At a minimum, you better have training involved in that and you better have you know, uh, a some way to understand what this new thing is going to be, right? And how it works. And it's just, that's just it. Like, I mean, the reality is I don't care what it is. People need to get out of the mindset that it is a one-time purchase. I'm buying this thing and I'm going to get this outcome. Yeah. As, much, as nice as that would be, I think the whole intent is to show progress early, often, and keep the train rolling in the right direction. Yeah, whether or not that be, like I said, internally or externally, yeah. right? Honestly, for most organizations, getting building up internal staff that can help move those things forward is where you want to be. Cool. All right, I think that's all we've got for today. So thanks, guys, for joining me. We're, we didn't say it at the beginning, but we're in a new space this right. is being recorded in a less noisy. You probably saw room. me fidgeting with my phone a few minutes ago. I was toying with the idea of taking a selfie in our new space. Oh yeah, well we'll, which I'm gonna we'll do have now. to post that. But it's uh, yeah, we're we're just down the hall from our other space, but um, it's a lot quieter and uh, gives us some dedicated space. So excited about that. But anyway, we'll see you guys later. Cheers. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you haven't already, subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting app so you'll always be up to date on the most recent episodes. This podcast is hosted by the team members of Bulb Digital. And special thanks to Eric Wienemann for our music tracks and producing this episode. If you have any questions for us, head to makeothersuccessful.com and you can get in touch with us there. You'll also find a lot of blogs and videos and content that will help you modernize your workplace and get the most out of Office 365. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.